Sometimes promotion happens in the most unexplainable ways. All of a sudden, you think you're just going about your business and then boom, a door opens. And what's really fun is sometimes when that door opens, you can bring some people along with you. Well, that's definitely the case for my guest, Praying Medic. Just recently, a huge door has been opened for him. And guess what? He's bringing a bunch of his friends along with him. So welcome to the show, Praying Medic. We're so happy to have you back and to hear about all these opportunities that are heading your way. Hey, Lisa, it is great to be back on the show. And I am excited to share what God is doing. Well, okay. So for those of you who don't know, if you are not on Facebook, because it's been all over Facebook, Praying Medic was just interviewed on Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. And Sid Roth, It's Supernatural is a television show that talks about the wonderful things that God does in a supernatural way. And he interviews people who have seen angels or have been to heaven or have had experiences. So of course he would have Praying Medic on the show. And when he went to the show, he brought a bunch of people just to keep alongside. So why don't you kind of talk about like how that came about? Because it was people who actually opened that door, correct? It it was uh, my group of friends who actually opened the door for me to get on the show. Um, it, the whole thing came about in a very strange way. Um, first of all, when people go into, you know, ministry, quote unquote, um, when you get into a supernatural ministry, whether it's healing or deliverance or whether you're uh, leading people into the angelic realms, one of the things you want to do is to get on the Sid Roth show. Uh, because Sid has a huge audience, big reach all around the world. So if you can get uh, an interview on Sid Roth, it helps build your platform. You have exposure to a lot more people. You sell more books. You sell more DVDs and, and CDs and stuff. And that's kind of a big deal for people who are, you know, supernatural ministers. Well, um, because I have an anonymous profile <laughs> and I don't do video and I don't have my picture out there, um, when people started suggesting that I should try to get on the Sid Roth show, I was like, uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not interested <laughs> in doing TV or video. I just was not interested. Um, so my wife, Denise, and I talked about it for a while, and, and she said, look, you know, if you want to reach a wider audience, whether it's about the money, whether it's about the video or not, if you want your message to reach a larger audience, you need to consider at least pray about going on, on the show. So I had been praying for a while. And uh, what happened was a bunch of my friends turned me in to the Sid Roth producers. They wrote letters, and they emailed the producers on the show and said, hey, you need to get a hold of Praying Medic and see if you can get him on your show. Well, a lot of people wrote to them. So one day, uh, one of the producers wrote to me on Facebook and said, okay, we got a bunch of request from your friends <laughs> asking if we would contact you and see if you'd be interested in being on the show. So I said, well, no, uh, you know, thank you very much, but I, I'm really not all that interested. <laughs> so we started some conversations and Denise said, look, you need to, you need to really consider this. So then God gave me a dream. And in the dream, there was somebody from Sid Roth who was trying to write a story about me. And as they were writing this story, the words that they wrote disappeared. It was like they couldn't get the story written about me. And uh, so I, I asked the Lord about the dream, and he said, look, if Sid Roth, if those folks are going to do a story on you, you have to decide whether you want to do it or not. If you want to do it, I will open the door for you. If you don't want to do it, just let me know, and I'll close the door. So the Lord was basically telling me I needed to make a decision. He was leaving it up to me. So uh, I said, okay, you know what, let's just do this. It's, it's time. I had had another dream or two where the Lord showed me that if I continued to have an anonymous profile where I wouldn't reveal my picture, wouldn't do video, wouldn't do any of this stuff, it was going to limit the reach that I would have with my message. So I, re I reluctantly gave in and I wrote back to the producers and I said, okay, um, I will go through the process. So there's a little bit of a process. They have a, 
you have to fill out some forms and answer some questions and give your biographical information and tell them about when you got saved and all that stuff. So I submitted it and they said, okay, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. So um, that's kind of what happened. And then uh, I announced to my friends that I was going to be on the show. Yes, I, th I think that's somehow, if I'm not mistaken, I think the first person who actually kind of found out, besides Denise, of course, but I, I think it was somebody on another internet radio show. I'm just trying to think. I think it was Touched by Prayer that you... <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as you it said was. it was because as soon as you said it and you told me i'm like oh i am so going and you were like really i'm like no yes you yes, were you were, the very, you were the very first yep. person who said oh that's it i'm going down to north carolina i'm going to be there for this for yep. the taping absolutely so we didn't we, we the, the, everything in this whole process got delayed we were supposed to originally schedule to tape the show in december right uh, first week of December, and then it got moved to January, December seventeenth. Yeah, no, December seventeenth. Okay, and then it got moved to January. Right, and then it got moved to February. To February. So they kept moving the date. Yes, and I was telling people who were, in, you know, I, I announced it on Facebook. Yes, and a whole bunch of people said, "Oh my gosh, we're going to be we're there. coming." Yes. Yes. So then I gave dates and then we had to move the dates and then I gave another date and we had to move the dates and I had to keep in contact with all these people saying, I I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> we're moving the date again. So that was a little bit of a hassle, but, um, but it, it worked out okay. Oh, I, and I think uh, the people that were there were supposed to be there. Yes, absolutely. The people that were there were definitely supposed to be there. And a couple of people showed up unexpectedly who definitely needed to be there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Mitzi yes. and Scott yes. Hanna showed up. Yep. And late showcomers to the party. Uh, only I only invited them the day before the taping. Actually, the night before the taping, because I was telling Sid, I, I, I went into the studio and they had me record a couple of CD messages. One of them was on traveling in the spirit. Sid and I were talking after I had recorded that message. And he said, do you, the people that you were talking about in this message who had these traveling in the spirit experiences, um, I would be very interested in talking to them. And I said, well, I can get them down here to the studio if you want. Mm -hmm. I can just let them know. He goes, yeah, I'll have a, tickets for them. Well, Mitzi had gotten one ticket and she wanted to get two so her husband could go along with her. And I said, yeah, the problem is they only got one ticket. He goes, I'll put them in the front row if they can, if they'd be willing to share some of their experiences of spiritual travel. So I sent Mitzi a Facebook message that night. Hey, if you want to be on the, uh, in the audience, get your butt down here. Right. They will put you in the front row. So I had no idea if she was even going to read my message. Well, the next day morning I get up, there's, I didn't get any response from her. I go to the show. I'm in makeup. I'm getting you know dressed, and I'm waiting for my uh, to do my taping. And then, you know, we had some technical difficulties. And yes, lots, was, of, lots of uh, technical difficulties. Lots of technical difficulties. Yes. And like they have never had before. Ever. And then Sid <laughs> says, hey, what's the story on these people? Are they going to be able to show up or not? And I said, let me check my Facebook uh, thing. So I checked Facebook and Mitzi said, yes, we're coming from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> they drove eight hours to get there. They had left. Mitzi had gotten my message. And they left late that night and were driving all night to get down to North Carolina so that they could find a hotel and then be in the audience. So they showed up and Mitzi shared some of her experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was just a, a really amazing, divinely ordained thing. And, and I didn't know how many people were going to show up. Uh, I, I knew Ginny and Paul. Right. And Karen uh, Robbins Arias would be there. Yeah. I knew you were going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but people came from all over from Florida, probably between mm -hmm. 25 from Florida, mm -hmm. probably between 25 and 30 of my Facebook friends showed up, uh, we're in the audience and, uh, and then Rich Vera, yes. um, got to stand in and play Benny Hinn and have a little <laughs> healing service there because yeah. the cameras went on a, the, ca 
the cameras and the recording equipment went on a big glitch. For and they 45 shut down. minutes, 45 I, minutes. Oh, it man. was crazy. I, I was getting a little freaked out because I'm thinking, okay, we don't know how long this, the technical difficulties are going to go on. And we may not even be able to tape my episode if they don't get this fixed. Correct. <laughs> No, that wasn't happening. No, we were, we, believe me, we were in the, we were praying. I was sitting next to Karen Dunham, who, who did the show earlier. And we were sitting next to each other when they said they were technical. You should have heard her, man. She was like praying, calling the angels. We were all praying in the spirit. <laughs> we, well, evidently there was a lot of angelic activity because yeah. I sent a message to a friend of mine who was in Kansas. And he said, all I'm seeing is angels, angels everywhere, angels coming and going and coming and going. I see angels bringing boxes and gifts to people, and I see angels taking stuff. Everyone who I contacted saw angels coming and going. So there must have been a lot of angelic activity. Absolutely. Well, we were calling. I mean, she was calling for angels. I was praying for angels. We were praying for everything. But (laughs) but the best, the best is because Rich Vera came down and he was like praying and he pulled, he pulled like Paul out of the audience and prayed for him. And... And Paul's been having some, was having some issues at the time and told he was on the floor. So like people were on the floor, people were getting called out and it was just this crazy Holy ghost, you know, Benny Hinn slash, you know, <laughs> deliverance. <laughs> it was, I was in the green room watching this go on yeah. and because the signal was scrambled because the cameras were having problems. Mm-hmm. I could only see little bits of it now and then mm-hmm. most of the picture that they were showing us on the flat screen TV in the green room, we couldn't see much of it. But what I did see, I saw people laying on the floor. Oh, yeah, we were down. on the floor. Yep. Paul was on the floor. Yep. All these people are going down. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on up there? Well, I'm going to tell you that that, that weekend did – it was it was an incredible weekend. Or Well, I call it a weekend because we were there for two days, but it was during the week. But the, the time that we were there, there was an impartation that – like I believe it changed people because I've spoken to different people and after everything left and we, we said our goodbyes, we didn't even realize what, what happened, but it was after there was almost like a, huh? Like we did, I, you just didn't know how to comprehend what you were feeling, but it was almost like I could have stayed in that place with all these people, because we were all sharing stories, praying over each other, speaking to each other, just doing all this stuff. And there was something that was so tangible that it was like, this can is what heaven's going to be like. And Can I share something Absolutely. Okay. So you know how you get around certain people who um, have a, a certain anointing for whatever? Yes. And as soon as you get in their presence or shortly after they pray over you, you feel something shift. You feel something different. Okay. You feel the anointing or the glory and you just have this tangible, like, wow, that was crazy. What the heck was that? Okay. When people get around me, mm-hmm. I'm so low key and I am so, uh, that the, the effect that I have on people is not immediate. Okay. What I've heard people say is after they went home or after I would left and, after they had time to reflect, they realized something happened, but it wasn't a major, it wasn't like it made a big impact on them at the time. Mm-hmm. It's only later when they realized, wow, something happened that weekend that oh, we were yeah. together. Yeah. It's like, it, it's a delayed effect. Not, not like the effect is delayed, but your realization that something happened is delayed. You don't realize it until later on. And I can't even explain what that thing is, but I've heard a number of people say, we got together with you this weekend. It was really cool. We didn't think anything big was happening. And then later on that week, we realized things started to shift in our life. Absolutely. Our minds started shifting. Our paradigms started shifting. And it was later that they realized it happened. Well, what's what's crazy is after I left North Carolina, I prayed for a couple of people and they went to heaven. Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, and I wanted to tell you, you killed, this. You killed people when they went to heaven? I did. <laughs> no, I prayed for them to get their spiritual language, and they got their spiritual language, but then they went to heaven. But they translated to heaven. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Like, and not just one. Like, it was like, it's been, and so I've been in contact with Paul because, like, I, I didn't understand it because it was kind of like, huh. But it, it happened. 
something happened in North Carolina, but it just didn't happen to me because I spoke to other people and they're like, something happened. So there's, there's something about that koinonia, that, that phrase that people like to use, but it's, it's so much more because I think that what happens is that it's a sharing and, and just like, you know, people share food. I think we were kind of sharing spiritual giftings and spiritual encounters and. Yeah. I mean, the, after Sid, we had the dinner with Sid Mm -hmm. and then Jenny and Paul were there at the restaurant. And then you guys showed up mm-hmm. and Daphne was there. Right. And, and it was just, it was great that, mm-hmm. that hanging out at the table and eating and, and, and talking. Mm-hmm. I love doing that stuff. And I'm so glad we got to do it the next night. Heck um, yeah. Two, two nights of hanging out and eating and drinking and talking. It was just, it was awesome. I, I've been telling people, look, I would rather than going to a conference, I would rather go to a place where we can sit on a big uh Couch, uh, big couch. That, that couch, <laughs> that big uh, pit yes. that was seated 24 people. That's like, right. That is my idea of a good time. Absolutely. Just hang out, talk, pray, mm-hmm. prophesy, and no agenda, and no just hanging out and talking and stuff. It was so it was so awesome. I love doing that. And, you know, Denise and I are planning on having one of those down here in Phoenix. Yes. Where we, where we just invite people to come down, hang out, talk, eat, whatever. And uh, we we love that kind of environment where it's not formal, it's not structured. I, I actually kind of think that's what the first century church was like. I agree with you. I don't I don't, I don't see in in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts them going into buildings and setting up speakers and having worship bands and you know I mean there's there's, there's anything wrong with that, but. You know, it kind of describes they went from house to house, they hung out, they ate food, they prayed for each other, they, you know, got prophetic words, and, and that's kind of what they did. Well, that's kind of what we do. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. It's so much fun. And what was so cool is that everybody just, there was no awkwardness. Like, because a lot of no. people met through Facebook. Like, you didn't know anybody before Facebook that was there, correct? I... It hadn't met anybody in person? No. I had no. not met any of those people in no. person before we met there in North Carolina. Which and but there was no awkwardness. It was almost like, oh, no. our family is together. It was a family reunion. It, it was, was like people knew each other, mm-hmm. but they had never met face to face. And and see that's yeah. that's the whole thing. It's that when you are, like you said, your tribe, your peeps, your, you know, your posse, however you want to say it, when you are with the right people, there is something that tangibly changes in the atmosphere. There is. There is. Finding your tribe and finding the people that God has wanted you to be with, people who appreciate who you are, people who love and respect you, people who get get you they understand you there is nothing better than being in in a crowd of people where they get you and you understand them and there's that mutual love back and forth it's the greatest thing absolutely it's like what it's going to be like in heaven literally that and that's what i felt i was like this is what heaven's going to be like it's not going to be boring it it's going to be filled with love yeah you know yeah you're going to have you you have your place in heaven i i've I have my little place up there. I've I've been to it. It's it's little. It's not very big. Okay. So when I go and party and hang out with my friends, I'm gonna have to go to their place because <laughs> mine will always seat about six people. So now wait a <laughs> second. But it says it says my father has many mansions. So so how come well, you got the shack? <laughs> mansions mansions are dwelling places. Okay. <clears throat> mine is small. Okay. But I haven't seen all of it. I just I was one night I had a dream and the Holy Spirit took me to it. Okay. And he showed me around. And the outstanding feature of my place was it was mostly made of wood. Okay. And the joints in the windowsills and all the cabinetry and everything, the, the workmanship and the, and the craftsmanship of building this thing was unbelievable. You couldn't even see the lines in the miter joints where the wood where wood at one angle met another one uh-huh. it was seamless it was so beautiful and not a lot of people know this but i was a woodworker ah. uh, i did a lot of woodworking years ago 
And I kind of got out of it because of respiratory problems and I was having uh, problems with my eyes. I was getting a lot of dust in my eyes and I was getting corneal abrasions and I didn't want to mess with that anymore. So I gave up woodworking. But my my little place in heaven has really beautiful, intricate woodwork all over the inside of it. It's not a very big place, at least the place that I saw. Now, there may be something that I didn't see that is huge, like mm-hmm. a big meeting room. I, I don't know. But um, <clears throat> everybody's house in heaven is different. Yes, I no do No two know of them that. are alike. Mm-hmm. Your DNA, your spiritual DNA is the stuff that your house is made from. Wow. So when you go into your house in heaven, you immediately recognize it as, wow, this is my home. Mm. This is like so comfortable and it's like the place I, I really want to be. Uh, but yeah, like when we go to heaven and you can go there anytime you want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes there, I have found that out. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we get to hang out with our friends and our pals, we get to meet new people and, mm-hmm. and have dinner and party and whatever. That is, do. That is so fun. Yeah, that's. That's what heaven's like, and it was just like that in North Carolina. And that and that was the whole thing. It's like even at Sid Roth, I mean, you know, being because when you really think about it, I mean, you were on Sid Roth, and and not it's not to take that, you know, oh my goodness, but but there is something about that elevation because you know that as soon as that show airs, that it is going to open up so many more doors, and it's going to change things. So when you took that that chance, you were really opening yourself up because you were not going to be anonymous anymore. People were going to be like, oh my gosh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's praying medic. Fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting at work. Okay. Some people that I'm going to run into are obviously are going to see the show. Okay. And they're going to look at me and go, oh, wait a minute. You're that guy that was on the show. That is so funny. So, I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with that. Um, I haven't had to deal with that yet. I've been anonymous and nobody knows anything about what I do. And Mm -hmm. now that's, that, that is going to change. And, I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with that, but I'll, I'll I'll figure something out. Well, I'm sure that God is going to give you the grace and he is, he's putting you into a place where you're going to be known and he's given you such great favor, such great favor. The fact that like the show, not only once it finally started to tape, but it was, it was so easy and you were so comfortable behind it. It was like, that's where you're supposed to be because there were, there were people who were watching it that, that were just, there was such an ease with your presence and how you just handled everything. There was nothing that made you, you would never believe that you were never behind a camera before. Or I mean, in front uh, of the I camera. I would yeah. like to say, yeah, I would like to say that I was nervous and uncomfortable, but I wasn't. No. I felt very comfortable. Yeah. It felt very, very normal for mm-hmm. me almost, mm-hmm. which is strange because I never, I have never done TV before. Right. But I felt literally like no stress. I felt like I could have switched places with Sid. Which some and people I, did see. <laughs> some of that comes because I have that history in radio and podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I like to interview people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it felt very normal for me to be doing that. Yeah. And, and it was, it was very evident. So when people see it, they're going to see a side of you because there was such confidence and, and it wasn't, it it, it just, it wasn't a, um, a cockiness. It was just like, you knew that you were doing exactly what you were supposed to do. And I, I just think that it's, it was so cool to, to be doing something like that and to have your friends to, to be sitting there and supporting you and being a part of it. And, and to, yeah. to to then afterwards to go and hang out with them. It was like the best of both worlds. It was the best of both worlds. It was really, I, I learned so much from Sid. Sid is a really good mentor. Um, he taught me a lot of different things. He gave me some suggestions about producing my own TV show. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and some other things, getting a mobile app on my website and mm-hmm. some suggestions about publishing books. And I mean, he gave me a lot of very good, very practical suggestions. Well, I believe you're going to go they, back. I do yeah, believe you're going well, back. Well, they say that nobody goes on Sid Roth once. Yes. They, they, we've already talked about coming back for a second um, yeah. show. Yeah. But he has given me a lot of things to think about uh, for the next year, things that I, I want to do. I, I do want to create 
a mobile app for my website so people on mobile devices can easily access the stuff that's on there. Mm -hmm. um, I had not really given my, that much thought, but Sid explained how his mobile app for his website works. And he really encouraged me to, to do the same thing for mine. So, yeah, I, uh, I like being around him. He's a very easy guy to talk to. I was surprised. Very, very down to earth, very kind of an average guy. Well, and, uh, but he, Pity's seen, he has seen so many things and he has met so many different people. I mean, if you, if you think about it, he's kind of interviewed the who's who of, of conferences, <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. and, and yeah. so you thinking, oh my gosh, this guy like, you know, interviewed Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson or, you know, James Gall, who was supposed to be there. And, uh, and <laughs> right. yeah, I know. Right. Eh. You know, sometimes things just, but you know, there, there really was a lot of opposition, like even getting, like getting you to the show and, and just everything. Like if, if you could have, you know, made a list of things to, to go wrong. The, the number of strange things that happened were, was very bizarre. Like we were flying, we flew from Phoenix, direct flight into Charlotte. Weather was great all the way there until we got within about uh, 45 minutes of landing and then we hit turbulence and I guess the sky opened up and it rained like crazy and there was high wind and <laughs> just as our plane is coming yeah. in so we have to circle and I'm thinking oh this is great we're going to be delayed and I had to get into the studio they, they booked my flight early that morning so I could get to the studio in time to record a couple of audio messages and we were going to have an hour or two at the hotel before we had to go to the studio. Well, that didn't work out because we got delayed on the flight in. So literally the limo driver picked us up at the airport, took us to the hotel. Denise and I dropped our bags and I ran off to the studio. I was at the hotel 10 minutes and boom, I had to go to the studio uh, and then get the recording done. And then there was just a lot of strange things. That right. Well, Denise be being working, the, trying to work against us. Right. Denise being the good wife says, let me go and unpack and get everything oh. ready. And she's such a good wife. And she realized that you forgot your pants. <laughs> I forgot my pants. You forgot and your pants. That was that was not the enemy opposition. That was just me being a knucklehead. Oh, um. <laughs> but it was. But you know what? It, but it was so great because there there was. Well, the cool part was you happened to be with. Were you with Daphne? Yeah, you I was with Daphne. Mall. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. And it was, was, that was it was great the best because timing in the world. Well, that see that was the fun part of it. Like once all that started to happen, I was like, oh boy, it, this is going to be a fun couple days. Because we happened, she she needed to get to a mall to go get you a new pair of pants, and we were happened to be at the mall that she wanted to get to. So we just left, and my friend who lives in Charlotte, she said, "There's a better mall." Which is which they'll probably have a better selection. So we took her to that mall, but it was just it was so many different things that just kind of happened. There were lots of of different things, and and like there was, um, I think you you shaved because you forgot your razor, and, and there was like you got. Some... I forgot my razor. Yeah. So and so I had to. Oh, well, first of all, the other thing is we overslept that morning. Oh. Lisa's phone didn't go. Her alarm didn't go off. She had set it for I think eight a.m. And somehow the phone switched to PM, oh. so it didn't go off. Okay. So we woke up and literally had about a half hour before the limo driver was going to pick us up and go. I had to shower and shave. She had to shower. She had to dry her hair. Uh, I didn't have a razor. I had to run down to the lobby in the hotel, get one of those cheap disposable razors, which ripped my neck open because right. it was so junky. Right. And then I tried to put my white shirt on. I got blood all over the collar. And it was just, ugh, it was a nightmare. And then you get to the studio and, and the cameras aren't working. And the cameras aren't working. Cameras aren't for 45 minutes. They were uh, like, this is the yeah. longest. This is the longest. It, 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 you know, the funny thing is everything leading up to this was stressful. Mm -hmm. Once I got on set and Sid and I were talking, there was no stress at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just like, yeah. okay, cool. This is what I've been waiting for. But, you know, that's, yeah. that shows that there's something. When, I, when there's when you start to feel that pushback, you know that there's something. There's something that was changing. <laughs> there, was, there was something that was in the atmosphere. I mean, even even like going out to to, to dinner afterwards. Okay, I was supposed to. We were going to come straight to the to the restaurant. 
but we needed to go and get like gas because we needed to go get gas, but you know, it's okay. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, you know, me, I'm like, I want to get to the restaurant. So when I got there, every, like all the seats were taken with you guys. And I'm now sitting with, with people that I don't know. And I actually sat with Mitzi and Scott, which was so, uh-huh. yeah. See, daddy always has things worked out and, and, you know, just hanging out with them for such a short time started a conversation, which, which leads into other conversations. And, and there were, everything was so perfectly planned and perfectly aligned, which you thought was a mistake was actually a setup because usually is. Yeah. And I think that was, that was a whole thing that I started to, to started to see like on my way back as I was driving back to New Jersey from North Carolina I was like rehashing all the stuff that happened because there were so many things that were so set up. They were so set up. Even the leaving the pants, I got a chance to spend some time with Denise, which was so great because I really kind of got a chance. Which wouldn't have happened if you didn't have to come over to the hotel and pick her up and go shopping with her. Correct. Because it takes a village to to raise a praying medic. does take a village. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the fun part about having a tribe. Because in the tribe, everybody has like a little part to do. And it was Paul who called me because Denise didn't have my number. You have my number. And so Denise didn't have my number. So she called Paul or Jenny. And then Paul called me. So then I called Denise. <laughs> it was like, right, right. you know. That's the fun part of having a tribe is... Mm-hmm. Um, everybody contributes a little bit to right. what the group is doing. Right. And I, I, there's no way I would want to do this on my own. No. I just would not want to do this on my own. No. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be any fun. And wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm always going to take my tribe with me. They are my portable support group, and they are going with me wherever I go and whatever I do. Um, there just is no point in doing it without without my, my group of People who love me, pray for me, support me, and uh, bail me out when I get in trouble. Um, I, I think I think one of the reasons why there are a lot of ministers who get into deep, you know, trouble and hot water, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't. I mean, I literally seem to avoid almost all the problems that a lot of people have, uh, is because I have this amazing group of people who are friends. And I know that they're praying for me and I know that I can count on them to get things done and to connect with people. And it's almost like the more I lean on my friends, the the less likely I am to run into troubles. Well, I mean, think about what Jesus did. I mean, he had his apostles. I mean, he was Jesus, (laughs) but he had a posse. Like he had people with him. That did, and then there were certain people who he took for certain things, but he still had his apostles. And and then after Jesus went, then there was the apostles who then had their posse, and everybody right. had somebody. Because I think when you're by yourself, you become a target. You become vulnerable. You do become vulnerable, and I, I really believe in strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that I'm kept safe and secure by God, primarily through um, the relationships that I have with my friends. Well, and those relationships, like if you really think about it, if you if you try to sit back and say, how did these things even start? You have to know it was divinely orchestrated. There's just no way. Like people are living in different states. You wouldn't, if it weren't for Facebook, <laughs> like you wouldn't, but they're your tribe, which is so... It's, it's such a different mentality that we have. And we're, we're actually so blessed that God is able to pull us together and to bring people into, we, we think alike. We're, we're, we're going on the same path. We have the same ideas. Like there, there is no division where it's a unity. And I think that's where the strength is coming from. The strength is in the unity. And I know that that is something God is emphasizing a lot more as time moves forward is he doesn't want his people at odds with each other uh, and divided and separated into camps. He wants unity. And what we're doing 
is, I think, an example of what he wants to do on a very large scale. I agree. Which is, I mean, we, we all have slightly different views and different experiences and different perspectives, you know, theologically and whatever. But it, none of that stuff really matters. When we get together, it's all about getting together, hanging out, and uh, enjoying each other's company and talking about what God is doing. Right. And I think that is what God wants to do on a large scale. And so it's just starting in, in Facebook with like these groups, with, with these little discussions, with these little, yes. you know, um, people are posting something and somebody comments about something. And what's, what is also interesting is as you start to show stuff of other people, now other people are starting to say, hey, this person keeps saying, let me, let me check them out. So it actually helps to broaden the, 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 um, the reach that's that's by design. Mm-hmm. Um, I post a lot of different on a lot of different subjects on Facebook mm-hmm. because I'm trying to draw my circle of friends out of their little caves out into the open, so that other people who are my friends can get to know people they don't know, and they go, "Oh, I like that comment. Ooh, I feel the same way. I had the same experience." And then pretty soon. They have their own little rabbit trail going on, and they become friends, and then they private message. <laughs> right. You know, I, I like to introduce people to uh, people that they don't know, but people who are like-minded. Um, that's kind of my – one of my gifts is my personality type is uh, ESFJ uh, and the Myers-Briggs scale, which some people call the guardian uh, provider. Okay. And the guardian provider, the, the hallmark of that personality type, is they're kind of the master of ceremonies and the okay. host of the party. They go around and they make sure people are mingling and everyone's drink is full and do you have enough appetizers and, oh, is the air conditioning too cool? We'll turn that down. And, you know, oh, you should meet these people here. You'd like them and you should go over here. <laughs> I mean, so the hostess with the mostess. That's, that is my personality type. I'm, yes. a, I'm a maven. Yes, I'm a maven, I agree with that. And I, and I know a lot of people and I like to introduce people to each other. Yes. So that's kind of how I run my Facebook page. Yes. And I and I think that the way that you run your Facebook page, like I've been able to to meet and to have different people that you are friends with on my show, either through you saying, hey, check this person out or just starting to see what they're what they're about through you. And it, it, it's been this like exchange. And that I think that's like the the fun part, because there's as you start to to promote people and start to encourage other people to to show their stuff there's something that kind of comes from inside <laughs> because you get excited for them there isn't a, it's not a jealousy I, I you get do. really excited and a lot of people scratch their heads and they go i don't understand they, a lot when i promote somebody else's like blog post or right. their whatever a lot of people don't understand what that's all about and they forget that i did not write that I have a lot of people who say, oh, oh, PM, that was great. Right. Oh, paramedic, I love that, you know, what you wrote. And I'm like, I didn't write that. Right, that did you love somebody else. <laughs> right. That was my friend. Uh-huh. And the people kind of are on Facebook are so used to people only posting their own material, mm. only sharing their own thoughts and ideas, their own dreams, their own blog posts. It's like a lot of people don't share anything from anyone else except, you know, what's theirs. And uh, most of the stuff that I share comes from somewhere else. Right. You know, like probably 70% of the stuff I share comes from somewhere else and 30% is my own stuff. Right. But once you've been around on my page for a while, you realize I I love to promote other people's stuff. That's kind of my thing is uh, I, I like to share other people's stuff because God is speaking through all of us Mm -hmm. in different ways about different things. And if you are only posting your own content and your own material, it becomes a very sterile background and there isn't much, uh, there's no cross-pollination and there's no sharing of ideas. Uh, So I just love to find, I'm I'm blessed because I have, I'm I'm friends with probably 40 or 50 people who are all writers Mm -hmm. and they're all good writers Mm -hmm. and they have blogs. So I love sharing other people's blog posts. And uh, that's kind of my thing. You know, I, I love to promote what God is saying and doing through other people. I, you know, a little bit of mine, but but mostly what other people are doing. And I think that 
that mentality is so important right now because it also, by you sharing other people's stuff, you're encouraging that person. Oh my goodness, if Praying Medic is saying that he's putting it on his, that might encourage them to continue writing. So it's also a, a, a building process too. It is. I'm, I'm very aware that when I share somebody else's stuff on my page, that, that is a huge encouragement to them. That's part of the reason why I do it is because like the Lord has been asking me to encourage and mentor other writers over the last year and a half or two years. So I have a writer's group on Facebook and I, I spend an enormous amount of time uh, moderating and commenting on and sharing ideas with people in the writer's group because I want to encourage people to write their own books, write their own blog posts, develop their own websites, develop a platform, because God has a lot of people he wants to speak through. And so I'm doing what I can to promote those people. But just sharing one of their blog posts, I know, is a huge encouragement to them, because they think, oh, wow, Praying Medic shared this. Maybe that's really good. Maybe I should write another blog post. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, yes, you should keep writing. You're really good at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. People need to hear this. Well, so, yeah, part of, part of the sharing of other people's stuff is that I want to encourage my friends to pursue and develop the gifts that God has put inside them. Well, you know, the whole thing is that every person has a certain uh, amount of influence that they have. And if they don't get to use that influence in the people that they have, those people might not get to see like the things inside of them. So I feel like, like every person has these like gifting. So if it's in writing or if it's in blogging or, or if it's writing a book or blogging, whatever that is, whatever, you, or painting, those are the gifts that God has used so that you can start to influence the people around you. But if somebody doesn't encourage it, it's going to stop it. And the enemy just likes to use other people to stop it. That's, that's exactly. a, a bigger problem. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. God has given everybody a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. He's given us all gifts and talents. He's given us all a message or, or, or three or four. And he wants us to use the talents and the gifts to create and, and communicate the message to the people in our sphere of influence. Some people's spheres of influence are very small and some are large, but everybody needs to tap into the gift and the message and create it and use it. So I like to share people's art or their music or their writing or whatever it is that they're doing, storytelling. Um, I, I, I love seeing the creativity of God come out through his kids. And I love, you know, promoting that and encouraging people to express the gift in them. Well, I think some people get so afraid of promoting somebody else because they think that they're going to get lost. Well, right. The, and the Lord said to me, he said, Lisa, what I've created you to do, only you can do. He said, and what I've created, you know, praying medic to do, only he can do it because it's specifically designed and tailored just for you. So we don't need to worry that God's going to say, oh my gosh, that person is so much smarter or that one's so much more talented. Okay. I'm going to give them what I've said I'm going to give you. Daddy doesn't work that way. And I think that the, the world does. I mean, even in families, there are kids who constantly compete against each other. In the kingdom, there is no competition. Everybody is equally treasured and equally valued. Equally treasured, equally valued. And there is no competition in the kingdom because in the world, people think in terms of, okay, uh, I look at the, at the business community as a pie. And what I need to do is you slice the pie into a bunch of little pieces and you think this is my slice of the pie. If I promote somebody else and they are going to get a larger slice of the pie, that means my slice of the pie is going to get smaller. Correct. Well, that's what they think because anyway. <laughs> that's what they think. Yeah. But in the kingdom, because there is no lack of anything. Mm-hmm. It is an infinitely expandable pie. So if I promote Jeremy Mangersheen or Jesse Berkey or Ginny Wilcox, right. even if they're writing on the same stuff that I'm writing, even if their books or Michael Van Vleiman, mm -hmm. Michael and I write on all the same subjects. But I love promoting his books because I know <clears throat> that 
if I promote Michael and Michael's book sales go up, it doesn't mean my book sales are going to go down because God can expand the, the pie to accommodate whatever he wants to. So it doesn't mean that if I promote somebody else's stuff that I'm going to lose out a sale that they could have had or that I could have had. It's, it doesn't work that way. But, um, but don't God, you, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just saying God is able to bless people uh, infinitely and he's able to bring in infinite increase. So there's no reason for us to think that we're competing against each other. We're not competing against each other. But you also have a different view of the same topic. Like you guys could I, write the same right. exact book, exact same, the exact same topic, the exact, but your the way that you write it is going to be different because it's going to be how you see it. And the way that he writes it is going to be how he sees it. So what happens if you get both books, you're going to get different perspectives. It's going to make you think differently. It's going to expand your thought processes. If everybody wrote the same, it would be a very boring place. It so would I, be a very boring place. And nobody has all the revelation. Right. You know, I was talking to Jeremy Nagersheen, and he's talking about maybe writing a book on, on visions in the future. Mm-hmm. And I said, dude, you should absolutely write that book because the last book on this subject has not yet been written. Michael wrote a really good one, and I wrote one. But there is a lot to say on the subject of seeing in the spirit and seeing visions that has not yet been written. So I would encourage anyone who has some good revelation and is a good teacher to write a book. Even though there's already 10 or 15 books on that subject, it doesn't matter. Write your book because you probably have a perspective, some experiences and some revelation that the body of Christ needs to have. And, it, and it's different because each experience yeah. that people have with God is different. Nobody has the exact same experiences. There might be some similarities, but it's always going to be different. Because he's not a cookie-cutter kind of God. He's not. And everybody relates things differently. Some people receive, like, some people can receive revelation from me, and they can't receive the same revelation from Michael Van Vleiman, and vice versa. And some people can listen to Todd Bentley all day long, but they can't listen to Ian Clayton. Or some people can listen to Ian Clayton, but they can't listen to Justin Abraham. Or, you know, like, God has different people speaking similar messages, different messages, but similar, couched in a different language, different experiences, because we're we're all different. We all have different preferences. So I have my favorite teachers, and you have your favorite teachers. And um, they're not the same thing because we're just different. Right. Uh, And I I think that's the cool part, is that if, if we can start doing everything in a unified fashion, then we're gonna actually we can also start to see somebody else's perspective in something, which might actually open up something that could have been blocked or locked inside of us. Because I also think sometimes if you have bad theology, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to not so much welcome new. So, but if you're always open to stuff, you're always going to be able to weed out what well, like this, but I don't agree with that. Or maybe I kind of like this, but it's going to, it's going to keep you open. And I think that as we don't put God into the box and we always, I guess, allow him to be open that we're going to start to see things in a different perspective. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the more we uh, allow God to be who he is, do what he wants to do without putting restrictions on it, uh, it, it makes, it, it gives him the ability to do greater things and it gives us the ability to witness experience greater things. And, you know, by promoting other people and, and, or just bringing them along with us, you know, um, I I was kind of saying before we started the show, I was saying that I, I keep seeing a barrel full of monkeys. And if you've never seen a barrel full of monkeys, they were these plastic monkeys that were in a barrel and they all had these big arms and you would just scoop up and you would just see how many monkeys you can get on that chain. And I, (laughs) and I think that that barrel full of monkeys is just what God is trying to do. It's like, as he's going to start pulling people up, other people are going to latch on, you're going to grab on, they're going to grab onto your feet or grab onto your arm. And you're just, they're going to start pulling them up because every person has a part to play. And it's about building the kingdom. And I think that's the cool part. So as we open the door to let our friends come through, it's also fun to be with your friends as things start to get more exciting too. 
There is an interesting revelation that God gave me about the Sid Roth show. Uh, he's given me a number of dreams showing me that um, the traffic to my website is going to increase mm -hmm. and that there are going to be some people <clears throat> who will show up on my website and start leaving comments with links to their websites only because they want to kind of ride the coattails mm -hmm. of uh, of the popularity of the website as it grows <clears throat> and as more people show up and more people are reading the, the messages and reading the comments, some people are going to show up just to get more exposure to their website by leaving comments. Well, so uh, I, I've actually already seen some of that happening. <laughs> and in any time somebody um, develops a little bit bigger platform or God opens a door and, and he's given them favor in, in new areas, there are people who want to go along for the ride simply because they want to be part of what's popular or they want more exposure for themselves. And then there are people like you and Paul and Ginny and Karen, who are actually my friends. You guys are the ones who actually opened the door for me. Because if my friends wouldn't have written to Sid Roth, I would never have been on the show because mm -hmm. I never would have done it myself. Mm -hmm. But my friends opened the door for me. And now that the door has been opened, I'm holding the door open so they can come in with me mm. because that's just, it, it's so cool when you get to take your friends along with you for the ride. Hey, think about entourage, right? I <laughs> You're know. just going to have a great big entourage. And that's, <laughs> think about it. You know, Jenny could bring the cookies, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we'll have we'll have some Holy Spirit meetings. I mean, you know, everybody will be blasted. And it's what's so what's so great is that it's really truly about promoting the kingdom. Like that's all of it our is. hearts. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the cool part. So I see that as the door is being open and as you're walking in and you're bringing all these people with you, it's just an expansion of the kingdom. It is an expansion of the kingdom, and that's what I'm all about. Everything that I do, I want to just expand, take more territory for the kingdom. So now, what is the next book that you're working on? Because I feel that there's a book. <laughs> oh, I'm working on two books. Okay. At the, uh, that are about halfway done. Okay. Uh, Traveling in the Spirit Made Simple. Mm-hmm. And Bogren. Yes. Novel. Yes. So... I have unfortunately put those on hold. Okay. Because over the last three weeks, I've been spending almost all my time developing some online classes. Whoa. Now that is going to be very fun. It's a lot of fun, but it is a, a ton of work. Yes. And it's a huge learning curve for me because I'm having to learn how to use some new software mm -hmm. and how to implement it on my website and how to troubleshoot all the parts of it that do not play well with my current version of my right. software on my website. I've had all kinds of technical problems that I've had to deal with people in tech support to get things to work the way they're supposed to work. Oh, trust me, but, I've, I've had my share of, uh, of tech problems in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I went through a software engineering class okay. in the last couple of weeks. But the, um, the take-home point from all that is I'm going to be putting up on my website some video-based classes, uh, a class on healing, a class on seeing the spirit. There'll be a class on emotional healing. Okay. There's going to be a class on traveling in the spirit. So basically all the subjects that I've been writing about in my books, I'm going to create online classes. Um, that is the next thing that's coming down the road. Um, I want to get all at least one or two of the classes available uh, before the Sid Roth show airs. Oh, wow. So I am burning the midnight oil. I was going to say, because that's going to be airing because the, the show, which was uh, Rich Vera, just aired. Well, yeah, I, I, I talked to Donna, one okay. of the producers. She said, yeah, probably not till April. Oh, okay, cool. So you have some time. Be yeah, because doing the reenactment and doing the production of my show is full of problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's full of setups. 
It's not full of problems. It's full of setups. It has some unique challenges to it because I don't have much in the way of pictures of myself. Oh. With most people, when they do the reenactments and they do uh, the story of the person, they have a lot of either video or um, photos to work with. Okay. I don't have much of any photos of myself when I was younger. Really? Okay. Well, it's it's a long story, but... We could save it for another some, show. <laughs> yeah, there was something that happened in my life years ago Okay. Where I, where I lost all of my family videos, all of my photo albums, everything was gone. Oh, no. Anymore. So for me, even to find any images, photos of myself, I had to go on Facebook okay. to my sister's photo albums on Facebook and steal some of her pictures. Okay. Um, and send them to them. So they didn't have a whole lot to work with. Mm-hmm. So there's been some there's been some production issues with getting my my story put together. Right, and, so, and yeah, that's it's the probably cl- going to be April by the sometime in April when they actually have my show available. And I'm telling you, when they do the reenactments <clears throat> of the different parts of your story, that is that's where that they have such a a, a great. Um, technical way of doing it. Like the production quality is in, impeccable. It is just it's impeccable. a lot better than it used to be. I remember what, when I was watching Sid's show, I don't know, probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. The reenactments and the acting and the technical stuff wasn't really all that good. Mm-hmm. The stuff they're doing now is, is really great. Yes. Uh, yes. It's high quality. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. So, okay. So you have, so God has given you more time. So that you can... <laughs> he has. He's, well, that's the thing, because I thought it was going to be showing airing in March. Yes. And Donna said, no, probably going to be April. And I'm okay. like, yay, I get more yes. time to put my classes together. That's right. Because it's <laughs> so. going to be such an influx of, of people from all over the world. Because his show probably. broadcasts yeah. all over the world. Oh, it does. It broadcasts in hundreds of countries. So they also, uh, they also do translations? Do they, so do, is, yes, is there going to be do. like the, the Pakistani? They do <laughs> Arabic and they do, okay. they do Hebrew. And I don't know what even all the languages they translate it into, but it is translated into a yes. lot of languages. And I'm sure Spanish. I'm sure that's a very big yeah. one too, because it's, uh, yep. but that's going to be, that's going to be very cool. So as, as God is opening these doors and you're taking all these people with you, it is just going to be, it's going to, first of all, it's a very big door that's being open because I just, (laughs) it's just a very, very big door because there's a lot of people you're taking with you. There's just a lot of people. Like, it's like, it's almost like you have like a checklist. It's like, yes, they're coming. Yes, they're coming. Yep, they're coming. (laughs) Yep, that one too. You know, so it's a very, very big door. But what's so What's going to be so cool is that there is going to become such a um, something's going to fire up inside of you that's going to to give you like the now. It's there, there's going to be almost like an immediate um, wanting to get everything done immediately, and and it's just going to be like okay, let's do this because I think there's been such a hesitancy to you know like when you start hearing ministry. I don't know if you're like me, but people say, oh, your ministry. I'm like, oh, don't say that. It's yeah, just a I, show. I, yeah, no, it, it brings out the ugly in me when it people does. say, you know, oh, you're a minister of the yeah. gospel, oh, your ministry. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't understand something. I'm a paramedic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's no one's it. ever called that a ministry. Yes. But, but that's really what it is. And I just think that this whole thing, this whole <clears throat> shift that you're just about to to embark on is it's going to be pretty cool because I, I just feel like it's going to be the way that you always envisioned it. It's not going to be well, the typical rules and regulations the Lord, of everybody else. Yeah. The Lord has given me <clears throat> in the last couple of days, he has crystallized in my mind what it is that he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. And I should have seen it years ago, but I didn't. It's one of those things where it was as obvious as a nose on my face, uh-huh. but because it was my nose on my face, I couldn't see it. Of course. Everybody else could, but I couldn't see it. And that is uh, everything that I've been doing over the last 20 years has led to where he's taking me now. I agree. So 15 or 20 years ago, I was heavily involved in teaching um, classes for a hospital and I was teaching advanced cardiac life support and trauma life support. I was teaching pediatric classes. I did a lot of work as a field training officer. Um, I've 
and w- during that time of my life when I was teaching, I was in my comfort zone. I loved teaching. So <clears throat> I got my feet wet in the teaching and mentoring uh, aspect of life. But I, as I learned about healing and learned about seeing visions in the supernatural, I, um, I didn't transition into one-on-one teaching and mentoring much. I didn't have much opportunity to teach. I wasn't going on the conference tour. I wasn't going to churches and doing that. I was primarily teaching through books and through blog posts. But what the Lord has shown me this week is, he said, look, imagine yourself doing teaching and training and mentoring on the supernatural. And I thought, wow, that is something I could do the rest of my life. And I told Denise this a year ago. I said, if I could ever have uh, a job where I would just do teaching and training and equipping people on the supernatural, it would be my dream job. Well, the Lord is setting me up with my dream job. What I'm going to be doing in the next six months, hopefully, is transitioning out of my job as a paramedic into a job where I'm just doing mostly teaching and training and mentoring people in the supernatural. And that's what I plan to be doing. And that the time and energy I'm going to be spending in the next, especially two or three months, is all going to be focused on getting some classes up and running, recording a lot of video, setting up some webinars, setting up a way to do conference calls and, and coaching. And that's where that's where my future is, is headed. Well, it's an exciting future, especially for the people who get to, to be a part of it. And more importantly, those who are going to, um, you know, be trained because there's such a a miss, there's so much that, um, that's just not being taught. And, and I think like the emotional healing, when you do that class, I think that's going to really stretch people. I'm, I saw, (laughs) just, this is how, amazing Jesus is. So two nights ago, I posted a quick little status update about emotional healing. Mm-hmm. And I even forget what it was, but it had something to do with pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. That um, My prayer for you is not that you would avoid pain and suffering in your life, but that when you suffer, when you feel pain and suffering, you would quickly give it to Jesus. Well, this woman left a comment on that status update about 20 minutes after I posted it. And she said, Oh my God, I can't believe this. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Mm-hmm. All this emotional pain that I've been suffering with, it's gone. Jesus took it from me. She literally did exactly what I said. I said, Give your pain and your emotions to Jesus. So she did that, not really knowing what she was doing, and he took the pain and the emotions, and he healed her heart, and she got completely free of this uh, emotional burden that she'd been carrying around. That is so cool. That is it is so, so easy cool. to do. Mm-hmm. And so the the course that I have uh, that I'm going to set up, you know, the book that I wrote on emotional healing, it, it's it's like three blog posts. You could mm-hmm. read the entire book in like 20 minutes. Right. It's not, it's not theologically deep. Uh, most of it is me sharing my, uh, my testimony of healing and then a testimony of another woman that I prayed for in the ambulance, and she got emotionally healed. And then I talk a little bit about fragments and altars, and which is you don't even need to know about to, to get people healed or to be healed. You don't need to know that information, but it is helpful for some people. And then there's this little short prayer process. Wow. Through. I mean, it, it really... People have made this thing really difficult, and they've made it like jumping through a lot of hoops over the years. There's no need to jump through hoops. It's not difficult. It's very simple. I mean, once I saw in, in the scriptures, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. I was like, wow, that's it. It's that simple. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Give it to He's Jesus. taken our emotional wounds. Mm. So if... He's taken our emotional wounds, then we need to just let him heal our, our soul 
and take the emotions and the griefs and the sorrows away. And, and it's literally that easy. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited um, about taking the stuff that I've written about and, and creating some videos and some classes where I do more demonstration, where I actually show people how this works, working with actual people, getting them healed, and, and interviewing them and, and letting people see firsthand how it works. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, I think it's going to be great. And I'm really excited to see what God is doing and how he's just doing it. And I'm just super excited about Sid Roth. And more importantly, I'm more excited about the, the videos and the online training. So <laughs> if you guys are interested in, in going to now is, is, is like being posted somewhere on praying medic dot com or down it'll the the classes well or like if you're interested like are you doing like a sign up sheet <laughs> if you're interested yes okay yes, yes just all you have to do is get on my my email list okay and you can just go to prayingmatic.com okay and sign up for my email list and when the classes become available i will send out an email to everyone not letting them know these are the classes this is where you find them they will all be built into landing pages on my website. Perfect. I'm going to add another tab that will have classes on it. And if you go to the tab of classes and just, there'll be a drop down menu for uh, physical healing, emotional healing, seeing in the spirit, traveling in the spirit. You can just pick the classes that you want and go to those pages and get the information about the class. And if you want to roll and sign up, you can sign up. That is awesome. Um, that, that'll be coming out. I'm working on all of that right now. Well, that's very exciting. So if you guys want to go and check out Praying Medic, go to prayingmedic.com and you can find all of his resources, all his books. You can find his blogs and his posts. You might even get to see how much he loves bacon. I don't know if it's on his website, <laughs> but I think it should be because everybody loves bacon. And I think that uh, having bacon on your website is also fun. <laughs> I'll have to find a way to put bacon on my website somewhere. <laughs> I think you. somebody sent you like, um, what are those emojis, you know, and it says what they stood yeah. for and it was bacon. So yeah. I thought that was very fun. Well, this has been, this has been so much fun. And this is just, I just love talking to you. And it, it's just always so much fun to share all the great things that, that daddy's doing in your life. And more importantly, just to, uh, to catch up. Yes, it was great talking to you. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I always have a great time when we talk together. Uh, it's been awesome sharing what God's doing. And, uh, yeah, if like, like, uh, Lisa said, if you want to go check out some fun stuff, go to my website. Uh, and Lisa, it has been wonderful, uh, chatting with you. Uh, you and I, you know, you and I could talk for like five hours and yes. run out of things to talk about. I know. And I'm trying, I'm trying to be very mindful of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do need to get out to, uh, take care of my, my peeps here. So. Yes. Well, Thank you so much for, for calling in. And just remember, guys, check out Praying Medic. He's going to be on Sid Roth as soon as we find out the date in April. We'll definitely let you know, but it's, uh, it's a great show. You guys will get so much revelation from just the interviews and just all the stuff he's been through. If you haven't checked out his books, go to prayingmedic.com. Seeing in the Spirit, one of my favorites. Also, the, My Craziest Adventures with God, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Those are so much fun. If you want to see how God moves, read some of those books. They're just awesome. So thank you so much, Praying Medic. Thank you for, for sharing your stories. And we, we would love to have you back on Touch by Prayer. I will definitely be back. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you guys for listening. I just want to thank you for, uh, for tuning in and just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.